How's it going? Jess here on More or Less. Today's episode is a really special one. Um, I'm chatting with Carmela Wallace, founder of the Live Free 999 Foundation and mother to Jared Higgins, known to the world as the incredible rapper Juice World. I want to thank her and her son for making this episode happen and really for being so open and vulnerable about grief, ADD, and addiction. Uh, seriously, the work they do is unbelievable and this conversation hits really close to home live free 999 does have a crisis text line in usage if you text lf 999 to 741 741 you can speak to a trained counselor anytime free of charge carmela thank you for chatting how are you feeling today more or less more or less i would say broken a part of my heart it's gone. So just trying to find a new normal. I don't know if there is a new normal, but just trying to just find my way. And what's in this moment, what is something that you need more of and something you need less of? I'd say personally, just time to heal. You know, it's, it's nothing I could do about that. Um, as far as our foundation, just, um, looking for more to do to help people. Mm. So I think what I love with the backstory of Live Free 999 is that within grief, you kind of tried to find that silver lining and what you can do mm -hmm. to help people. Yes, helping people just is healing to me. And it's something I've always done. It's something I taught Jared to do. So giving, I think it, it humbles you. Mm. And it just helps me heal. It helps my heart. Yeah. And um, kind of tying into that, would you say the emphasis on the foundations, I should say the emphasis on the foundation's love for music education, does that stem from Jared's childhood at all? Absolutely. And mine as well. But, you know, Jared had opportunities to, first of all, let me just back up a little bit. Jared <laughs> was a little challenging. You know, he had a lot of energy and just trying to find something that he liked was a challenge. And, and music was one of those things. So music provide, provided him an opportunity to express himself. Um, it taught him how to be a part of a team. So, and, and I think it really blessed him. So I just wanted to give others that same opportunity, you know, to music could take them to college, you know, it could buy, provide a, a scholarship for college. So it could just do so many things. And, you know, I did it with him because he was diagnosed with ADD just to give him an outlet, you know, something to help him focus. So it's, you, it's definitely very important. Did you always know that music was going to be such a foundation of his life? No. <laughs> <laughs> did not know that. And I was, but one thing I could say is that whenever he was playing music, he was focused. It was never a struggle with ADD at all because it was something that he liked to do. And so that was a, that was a good escape for him. ADD is so challenging. And my biggest struggle with ADD and Jared was separating him from ADD. 
And I would always say to the doctors, I don't know, I don't know which is which, you know, sometimes it, it's a very thin line between the two. And I, I can honestly say I never really mastered that. You know, it yeah. was just, it was, it was a struggle. It was a challenge. Yeah. And I mean, you, you raised two boys and I'm sure they were very different from each other um, in that regard Absolutely. With, with different passions. But um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, when Jared had kind of hit it big and, you know, had really had an impact on the music industry, what was your reaction as a parent seeing that happen? I was proud of him. I was, I may not have agreed with everything he said, but I was proud of his commitment. He worked hard and he was living his dream. I and mean, that's a parent's dream for your child to do what they set out to do. And he knew it was important to me that like when he graduated from high school, I gave him a year, but he had to have goals and a plan. He couldn't just say, oh, I want to be in the music industry. That never worked for me. I'm more of a doer than a talker. And he knew that. So you no, know, I told him, you know, a, a, a dream is nothing without goals. You know, it's just a dream. But to make it a reality, you have to set goals and make it happen. And, and he did. Yes. So I was proud of him. And he knew I was proud of him. How, you know, I'm sure you traveled with him a ton um, <laughs> and were there by his side. How do you feel, what is the music industry's impact on young performers since he was so young? I think it could be a bit overwhelming if they're not grounded. You know, it, it's so much coming at them. And you're talking about, you know, Jared in particular, from high school to fame, you know, mm. from mom's house to, you know, out there. So um, it's, it's a challenge. Um, it's, it's definitely a challenge for younger kids because he was still young. You know, it's so much that he just didn't know. Right. Um, which was hard for me, you know, because it was something I wasn't familiar with as well. And as, as parents, we like to intervene and try to help them along the way. But, you know, I just tried to keep him grounded. Yeah. That, that was the best I could do. Just try to keep him humble, keep him grounded, which was easy because he was, he was very humble. You know, everything, even though he, he had so much fame, he was still, silly you know we still like to laugh and he liked to stay at home he was a homebody even yeah. after the fame so it um it, it's a challenge with young kids in the industry definitely and I think that shows too in his music um the you know staying grounded and feeling humble and I think that's why so many people resonate with him because they can see themselves um in his music and you know he talked a ton about mental health and his mm -hmm. music. And I'm curious if that was a conversation, you know, even for me talking with my parents about mental health can be a bit difficult, but were there ever times where, you know, both of you kind of opened up that conversation or it was more of his passion through music that it came out? More so his passion through music. Although we, we had conversations as far as anxiety and depression and him speaking with his psychologist, because he had a psychologist mm -hmm. like junior or senior year for high school. So we, we talked about um, him medicating and treating himself. And I would tell him, you should talk to your therapist and you know find a way to talk to him and talk it out without medicating. So we had those open conversations that I knew 
he was using drugs. I mean, it was obvious it was in his music, but I, I didn't come from a position of trying to make him feel bad. I just wanted him to be whole, you know, I wanted him to be okay. So it was like what I could do to help and, and just be honest with him. You know, I told him that I was just frightened of him overdosing on this stuff. And he's like, mom, I got it. I got it. He, he, he was young and he knew everything. Mom, I got it. And I'm like, it's nowhere you have it. You know, you should get help. So the things that a parent would, would say, I said, and, you know, by him being an adult, you know, he, he had to make his own decisions. You know, I wish I could have made him for him, but ultimately, you know, he made that decision, you know, and he struggled with it. And I know he wanted to be free. And in one of our last conversations, he promised me he was going to get help. So that was hopeful. And, and when I saw him, I think the last time I saw him in LA was like maybe September, October, and he, he was better. You know, I could tell his head was in a better place. And I, and I knew that I was feeling he was going to come out of it. You know, I figured it would, it'll pass. He'll just go through it. He'll get help. But I think there's a, a big myth, um, especially around addiction. I lost someone dear to me to an overdose. And mm -hmm. people typically don't see how much of a roller coaster it is. Um, the right. Bad days, the bad days um, and how much it can be suppressed in that person. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think often people don't acknowledge it as really a, a, a mental illness that needs to get treated, just like you would treat a broken bone or, you know, anything like that. And I, I think you touched on that and that there were, were good days when you saw him and there were days, oh, yeah. where, you know, it, as a parent, I'm sure you had to step back and just pray, pray to God. That, that was it. You know, that, that was really all I could do. You know, I told him the truth and ultimately he had to be the one to make the decision, but I understood the struggle. So he knew that I wasn't angry with him mm -hmm. or, you know, I understood it as being an illness. And so I was more nurturing with him, even though, you know, I did it in the truth. And that's how I raised him anyway. I would, right. I would chastise him with love. You know, I would tell him the tr truth, but I would correct him but I, I would always separate him from the behavior. You know, you're better than this, you know, just to let him know he doesn't have to be that person. He doesn't have to do that. So it was a struggle for him. And, and as a parent, it's a, it's a struggle to watch your children, you know, struggle like that. And you feel so helpless. Um, when he was, I, you mentioned he was in therapy in high school. Was that mm -hmm. something that you both kind of agreed, like, let's get you to a psychologist or, you know, it was more on his decision? It was, it's funny. So with the ADD comes impulsiveness. And so we were talking, I said, you know, we have to get a wrap on this. We have to get control over the impulsiveness. He didn't like taking the medication. So we just, just trying to find a way. So I gave him two options. One was karate and the other was counseling. And so I signed up for a free lesson and we went to this a place in neighborhood and it was a sign on the building that said karate for kids with a picture for a kid of a kid and he was like 16 so <laughs> we we decided therapy that was not going to happen and I was not even going to force that issue because I understood so um but it's important in the therapy that he found someone comfortable to, to speak with someone to talk to so I found someone African-American male that he could relate to 
that he felt comfortable. So even though he might have been sharing things with me, you know, I knew he was sharing them with someone. So, and he liked it. I mean, he, he continued, I think he might've gone once after he signed on um, with, with Interscope, but, you know, I just wished he would have continued that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, therapy, I, I've always said, I wish the whole world was in therapy. Um, I wish it was more accessible. I wish, you know, people felt more open. Yeah. And, and, and being okay with seeing that you're not okay, you know, to not feel bad about that, to think there's something wrong with you for feeling the way you are um, and just really being, being honest with your feelings. So I think it helped him in his music, you know, because he was able to communicate and express how he was feeling. I, I feel so glad and, and happy that he was able to find that as, you know, his way of expressing himself. Me too. And, and by him doing it so young. So he had an opportunity through grade school to take music lessons, to play in the band. So, and see that that's what was important to me with his old school to put a, a program in place so the children can have that outlet, you know, cause music does, it does a lot, you know, it, it's, it's soothing, it heals the soul. It gave him a way to express everything that was bottled up in him and in turn, it helped so many people. So it, it really was a blessing for his life. So before we dive any further into the episode, I do want to take a moment to highlight the mission behind Live Free 999. The mission is to support programs that provide preventative measures and positive avenues to address mental health challenges and substance dependency. They are based in Chicago, and back in October 2020, they had an amazing initiative centered around music education. So we decided to create a band. So we, um, we partnered with Interscope in grade A. We got instruments for the students, and I currently support them fees for band monthly. So the parents have no expense, so we pay it, and the children are loving it. You know, it just they got to choose whatever instrument they wanted to play. So it just gave them the the freedom to express themselves and the children are happy and it's, it's so far so good. You know, it's, it's a good program. It's amazing. And what, um, what are your goals kind of beyond COVID um, short-term and long-term for the foundation? So we want to continue to focus on mental health and continue to, provide resources for those who are in need, uh, which is short-term and long-term, you know, um, and just find programs to support, you know, not only, you know, mental health, but um, preventative things as well, like um, after-school programs or, you know, anything that encourages children to give, give them an outlet. Uh, Jared was a before and after-school kid. <laughs> He was a summer camp kid because I worked. So, you know, I had to find programs to get him involved in. And I always found the, the good ones for him. I was blessed to find good programs with good mentors for him. And so just supporting those type of programs. I, I think a lot of a lot of programs I support, I think about myself as a single mom. And I never forget the struggles. I never forget the hard times. You remember the good times too, but the hard times stay there as well. So I find that if I'm in a position to help a mother who is like me, you know, that's rewarding for me. So just things like that. 
Amazing. Amazing. And how can people get involved um, with Live Free 999? They could visit our website, livefree999.org. And you'll find information about us. There's information about a text helpline there, a crisis helpline there that we started. So you can see the things that we're doing. Um, that's, that's the hub. That's the place to go. Wonderful. 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 Well, thank you so much, Carmela, for stopping by and sharing a bit about your story. And I just, I can't wait to see what you guys do. And if you ever need anything at all, um, need me to spread the word, you know, need help on the foundation front, I am all the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this Minnesota more or less. I hope this conversation reminds you just how powerful music is and continues to be such a driving force of hope and passion for so many. For me, this week marks six years without my cousin who I lost to an overdose. At More or Less, we dedicate this episode to families and folks struggling with addiction and substance use in all its forms. Thank you.